All right, guys, if McCole Hardman can't play on Sunday, which receiver will benefit the most? As we know, he's dealing with some abdominal soreness. He's being evaluated. Andy said we're going to see where he is. We don't have an absolute on it. Still doing some tests. Cody. Kadarius, Tony. I mean, I Ooh. come on. That's who it benefits. Sky Moore could have gotten the ball in the lap. They threw it again. I, I know I brought up this, Ted. They threw it 68 times. Sky Moore had zero catches. You can't you can't preach game plan. Eleven different Kansas City Chiefs caught a pass, and Sky Moore wasn't one of them. They threw it almost seventy times. To me, Tony just more fits it. One, they already switched to McCall in the punt return game, which I thought looked good. Which means I think they'll go to Tony because Dave Tobe was kind of gushing about him a little bit uh, in his media availability this week. So it feels like Tony's the punt returner. So automatically he's involved more. And I think that they'll use Tony more in the McColl role. I think in the long term, their goal for Sky is to be more of that. Hey, he's a good complimentary number two. The way they used to use Demarcus Robinson, right? He runs routes, he runs traditional routes, and they use it. Because they don't seem to be using him in the gimmicky way that they already seem like they're looking for chances with Tony and his speed. So to me, if McColl's gone, we might get a good firm look at Tony. Way more than we will Sky. Not that they won't both see a little increased in time, but I think it's more of a Tony game than Sky more. Quick follow-up. If Sky catches that deep ball last weekend, does that change yeah. your answer? It might have. I mean, they threw to him deep twice, but he didn't. <laughs> like, sometimes those feel like they're really trying to complete it, but at least one of those kind of felt like, a, I'm going to throw it down here and see what happens. But there was a little bit of pressure. I don't know if that's where he wanted to go first, because there were two other looks. Uh, one of the guys who uh, sidelines, Josh Klinger, works at our station 610, he said there were two other times that the very first look was Tony. Mm. Like that was supposed to be read one. I don't feel like they do that yet with Sky Moore. So to me, even if he's throwing it deep, it doesn't necessarily do it. If you complete it, sure. But because we're eight games in, he's got 100 yards. It's hard for me to be like, you got 12 yards a game. I mean, catch more than that. And that deep ball goes and we might be talking different. Let me ask you something before I give my answer, Cody. What is your envision or what was your envision Long term for what Sky Moore could be in this offense. I'm curious Honestly, because I feel like we haven't talked about it much since the beginning of the year. No, originally I I guess I kind of thought he they were thinking of him as the McColl replacement that he could be that. But I always thought if you're drafting a guy in the second round, you don't wish for him to be McColl Hardman. You hoped McColl Hardman would be better than McColl Hardman. You envisioned him being your number two wide receiver, and I think that you know the guy who runs a little bit of every route but can line up in the slot or outside. And you can do some creative things with, but he's never really kind of turned into that. So my answer is sky and it's, it's less about him and more about just like where this team is at with their wide receiver room right now, regardless of what you think about Kadarius Tononi can be long-term with this team. He was sixth in snaps from the wide receiver position against Tennessee. He played nine snaps, nine snaps. I mean, that's, compared to 26 for Sky Moore and 26 for Justin Watson as well. So even like McCole Hardman, he's the third wide receiver on this team because of all the two back sets that the Chiefs will throw at you, the two tight end sets they'll throw at you. He's playing 50% of snaps, 60% of snaps. So whoever does benefit is not all of a sudden going to see this massive workload on their plate if McCole can't go. So I think that the right answer is probably the boring one, which it probably gives a little bit to everybody. But in terms of if you're just asking me, like, who's going to see maybe more balls thrown their way, it has to be Sky Moore. If it's Kadarius Tony, then we have a big conversation next week about, oh, Sky Moore is last on this team's depth chart. 
And I just blow Justin Watson even somehow. And I don't think that's going to happen. I, I just don't. It's less about like me not believing in Tony and more about I, I still believe like uh, two months is not enough for the Chiefs to say, hey, this kid's just not going to be ready to contribute to us right away. I, I don't think you go into a season with that sort of mindset of he better figure it out in two months. Otherwise, we're not going to use him. Kayla, any chance you think it's Justin Watson? <laughs> it's not crazy. I, I'll go Justin Watson for sure. He had that great catch last weekend. I think he dropped one in the end zone or something. But you know uh, he doesn't have that much yardage. He has the same amount of yardage as Sky Moore, but it kind of seems like Pat likes him. I don't know what it is, like a pet project. He feels like, like Scotty Miller. Yeah, he feels like someone you can rely on. Like he's gonna be downfield. He's gonna hopefully, you know, catch the pass. He just seems reliable to me. I don't know. I, I'll I, go. Yeah, I'll go Watson. Well, I think we have a tendency to be like, okay, who fills the the McCole Hardman role, right? Who can catch balls at the line of scrimmage, screen passes, make guys miss, cut up field, quick burst, acceleration, all that stuff. The issue with that with Andy Reid is that they're not just going to roll out the same playbook week to week, regardless of who their personnel is. A lot of teams will do that, right? They don't have multiple variations. They're not, they don't have the, the, the multitudes that the Chiefs do. The Chiefs will just say, okay, no, McCole Hardman, we're going to change up our our playbook and our play calling to reflect the guys who we do have available. So I don't think they just look at it and say, we need somebody who can do his role. We'll just roll out something else instead. This is kind of unrelated, but did you guys see this week where Juju said he would like to be here long-term? Wasn't that I sweet? Mean, I mean, so I, sweet. I, I hope he means it, but you know, this is a, you said it always comes back to relationship. It's nice if somebody says they want to get engaged, but are they getting the ring or like what's going on? <laughs> I mean, it's cool to say I'd like to be engaged one day, but are we doing this thing or, or, or not? So you want to be here? Cool. Here's an extension. Please sign it. All right. Shall we do our game predictions? Is it time? I think it's so. Time. All right. Who is going to kick off game predictions first? Uh, I'll, I'll start this week. I told you I don't feel because of the way that they play at home. I don't feel confident enough to let him cover the 10 points, but it's still the chiefs and they still score a lot of points. So I still think they'll win this game. I just don't think they're covering the nine and a half. They'll just barely not do it. I like the chiefs 31 to 24. I think that seven might come late. I don't think it's like a one possession game the entire time because they are better, but you know, they've had trouble stopping the run. Travis Etienne is very good and having five consecutive, very good games. Trevor Lawrence can still make throws that only a few quarterbacks can, which can get you in trouble in any given game. They're a little bit better than their three and six record, but they're still kind of a mess. And if you're still kind of a mess, you can't come into Kansas City and beat them. So 31-24 Chiefs. Seeing as how this game is at home, I feel like I've I've been snake bitten. I feel like I am just going to expect the Chiefs to be in another tight game. And I have been done. Nobody's done worse than me on these game predictions this year. <laughs> I, I think I have actually. My optimism. Well, yeah, but then every <laughs> once in a while you get the Niners game. You know, you get the the Cardinals game where they do just beat the brakes off a team or a really impressive win against Tampa Bay. Every time I expect it to be close, it's the opposite, vice versa. So um, let's go with some reverse karma. I am going to take the Chiefs to win in a nail biter. 24 to 20. The Jaguars play a lot no. of games. Yeah, this game's at home. The Chiefs always play uh, tight games at home, so nothing could ever go wrong, right? If I just speak very sarcastically, maybe... You'll it, be wrong again, they'll win 40 to 10. 
Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. So I'm going to say that the ground game doesn't get going. Uh, the offense stagnates a little bit. Doug Peterson, right? Who knows Andy's offense better than old Dougie Fresh? So oh, yeah. maybe he's got a few tricks up his sleeve. And uh, Trevor Lawrence plays out of his mind. So I'll say 24 to 20 Chiefs win a close one. I cannot handle another nail biter. We're done with those. <laughs> if it is a nail biter, though, at least it would be a noon nail biter. It's not like you waited all day for this. Yeah. Still True. get some sleep, go to bed in plenty of time. And be yeah, fine. Exactly. Get my Shake Shack. Well, I am going in the complete opposite direction. I think this is the week that we break 30 points at home. So I'm going Chiefs 34, Jags 17. I think Arrowhead's going to come through and just completely shut them down. They've had 17 in their uh, loss to the Broncos. And I think they're lost to the Giants. Yes. Um, I'm just being super optimistic in this one. But guys, do we think that Andy, because he's so, of course, every time in his press conference, he compliments the other team, says what a great team they are, even if they're not. Um, but this one's personal to him because of Doug Peterson, because of Mike Caldwell, his ex-player, ex-coach, because of Mike McCoy and the Utah connection. Do we think he goes a little like lighter on this? You want to win the game, obviously, but Andy is a does man. that play a role at all? I don't know, man. Andy loves routine, which means to me, he just wakes up on Monday morning, cracks his knuckles, pulls open to be like, all right, Jags. What do they do? And then just <laughs> goes to it point by point until he gets his game plan together. And then like Wednesday, when someone's like, hey, you're playing Doug Peters is like, oh, yeah. OK, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I've never seen him react over to it. So it's hard to say. I feel like Andy is so like part of what makes Andy so good is he is study. He's doing a lot of self-scouting like so deep into what the chiefs are doing well or what they're not doing well and how to fix that or how to use their strengths against another team that I don't know. I've never really thought of Andy as a guy that exploits other teams weaknesses as much as he's a guy who just knows how to leverage his team's strengths against his opponents. But is anyway, the, the one guy we didn't talk about entire in this podcast Anyone still think Trevor Lawrence could be a superstar quarterback? I was just going to say something about that. Like, can he can he still be a superstar quarterback? Like, you know, he's the next he's the highest guy since Andrew Luck because the talent is absolutely like some of the throws he makes are bonkers, but he makes some like his decision making is not great. Hmm. I think I think he can be a very good quarterback. I think I'm out of the superstar game for now. I think it was who one of you two said how it was like a cute story in the beginning. Um, but I don't know, like, he seems like a nice kid, but okay, you're, you're going to show me more. It's over. If that's what we're doing now, it's like, <laughs> got a great personality. Also, is it, is it weird really quick side tangent? Uh, it was weird last week to see Pat go up to Malik and just kind of like, now he's kind of the veteran patting the young rookie on the back. Whereas that's been Pat the last few years. So that was weird to see that role change where now he's the seasoned vet giving advice to the young rookie. Yeah. Listen, I, I think that is weird. They sort of changing of the guard. And now all of these kids are going to be held to these incredibly lofty standards. Like you see guys coming out of high school or then about Zach Wilson coming out of college. They're like, you know what? He's got some of that Mahomes in him. Like, really? I've seen two years of Zach Wilson. I haven't seen much Mahomes out there in New York with Trevor Lawrence. 
I don't get it. I don't get it. He has every physical tool that you could possibly want in a quarterback. And going back, you know, I'm I'm a big college football junkie. And in the way that people talked about him as a freshman was that, you know, this kid is a transcendent talent at quarterback. The problem is you never get exposed when you're playing for Clemson or Ohio State or Alabama because mm-hmm. you're going to NFL wide receivers who aren't playing against NFL cornerbacks. You have NFL offensive linemen who aren't going up against NFL pass rushers. You are set up to succeed. So like perfection is what you should obtain at programs like that. And then you get to the league and all of a sudden the processing that was lightning fast in college doesn't work that way in the NFL. And I think for a lot of guys, it's a major, major adjustment where you almost have to wipe the slate clean with how you think about going through the the progressions of an NFL offense. And you're seeing that with him. Like when he, when he rips a ball to the back of the end zone and you had to put it in just the right amount of touch on it, just to get it there. You can see why he was drafted first overall and why everybody's been thinking about having this kid as their franchise quarterback since he was 18. But some of the other stuff, man, it just is not happening for him because I, and the one thing I'll say is he's still in a new system. He's got a not very good offensive line and his offensive weapons are pretty mad. So I'll give him some credit there, but I'm with you, Nick. It's like for a guy who literally is the right height, build, arm strength, throw accuracy, footwork. You're like, you're, you're supposed to be good at like great at this. And it just feels like it's taken him a while. I just already see it in my head that that pat on the back after the game from Mahomes. Thanks for trying. Great work. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Keep it up. Keep it up, bud. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here on It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for listening. As always, that is Nick Schwartz. He is Cody Tapp. I'm Kayla Canaram, and we will be back with you all on Monday for live game reaction and more. Have a great weekend, everybody.